0: Hi, my name is Stefan Sindoni. Today's program is entitled Sleeping with the Fishers. Today's date is December 2nd, 2020. Wow, this year is almost gone, come and gone here. My guest tonight is comedian Alan Gitlin, the G-Man. Alan, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Stephen? What's going on, buddy? Well, you've got some interesting stories to tell tonight. And uh, I want to get right into them because I'm excited to hear some of your stories. Can you share a few of those stories with us tonight, Alan? Yeah, I could. I
1: just got to make sure that I don't give my real name because I might be buried with
0: the fishes. That's right. That's why the name of the show is Sleeping with the Fishes because either one of us might be, you know, uh, sleeping with the fishes. They might have cement uh, shoes for for both of us.
1: Yeah, and I got some pretty big shoes, so they got to be some pretty big cement blocks. Yeah,
0: mine won't be that large. (laughs) That's another story, huh?
1: Yeah, that's another story and a half, yeah. All
0: right, so let's cut to the chase here now. Uh,
1: Okay. Uh, So I was married to an Italian girl uh, for 15 years, and her uncle had a plumbing and heating business with his brother-in-law, whose father, I guess it was really his father-in-law, I
0: guess, was uh, a cook for the mob. Now this uh, is the, this is the mafia we're talking about, right?
1: Yes, yes, the mafioso, yes. Okay. Or an whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were very close to them. They were involved with the Gotti family when uh, Teflon Don was around, and Sammy the Bull. in Long Island and his brother-in-law used to have guys come over from Italy and they would get him plumbing and heating licenses and get him citizenship in the United States for Mr. Gotti Everything, all families were coming from both sides. And everybody was coming there. So we bought a big plant to open this restaurant with. And, of course, we lived in Jersey. So we come over to Arizona, and we're on a bill park where we see a lot of smoke. And we notice that the closer we get to Flatbush, the closer we get to the smoke. And finally, we get to the street where the restaurant's on, and it won't let us down it. Because they waited till they remodeled the restaurant, they waited to open a day, and they burned the place down. <laughs> And and just they sent him on different jobs, and then he come back, and nothing happened. He never had never had a real job, but always had money, and always had a nice car, and always had a girlfriend. But he would go, he'd be there for a couple months, and all of a sudden we didn't know where he was. We don't know where he is. He he took off, and then a couple months later he'd be back. Where were you? I can't tell you. I just you know. owned we know that for sure and a lot of Italian people went there they loved the fruit they loved the vegetable they loved the flowers and they had no idea that the Gottis were behind it you know Um, there was a, a incident that I didn't I never met the guy but I heard about him that he went on his honeymoon and he came back and disappeared and then about three or four months later they found him cut up in a bag in a trunk we don't know what he did or who he crossed but he was about 23 24 years old he went missing one day after about two months of marriage and his wife never could find him they looked everywhere for him and it was an abandoned car somewhere down at the Brooklyn Navy Yard and there he was cut up in a trunk in a bag
0: so they were about ready to get him uh-huh out there sleeping with the fishes, I guess, that night, huh? Yeah,
1: he was sleeping with, the, with with something else. I don't know what the hell he was. They, <laughs> they, must, they must have sliced him up, you know, and he must have caused somebody up, you know, to do that. But they waited until he got married first. You know, they want to, I guess, make him suffer and show and, and have a message sent to him, I guess, you know.
0: Well, that's a message and, and a half that they sent. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine, Chris, who uh, lived on Howard Beach where Gotti lived, and he told right. me about how Gotti's son was riding a bike and one of the neighbors who lived down the block drove down the block, didn't see the child, and ran him right. over and killed him. Right. And then my friend said to me, he says, you know, uh, Gotti uh, went out of his way to make sure that the kid who killed his son uh, was never seen again. Right.
1: And uh, I went to a wedding where he... where to um, my my ex-wife's uncle uh, brother-in-law had a wedding for his daughter and it was a table full of guys no women all men all dressed in nice suits and they were actually bodyguards at the bathrooms like watching you big goons and it was in, it was under the L somewhere in Brooklyn I don't remember exactly where and a truck backfired on the street and they all hit the ground <laughs> Couldn't make this up. They all hit the ground, baby. They must have thought somebody was shooting at them or something. I don't know, but it was crazy. It was a whole table, like twenty guys, no women. You know, all wearing these gaudy suits with a white tie, and they were actually bodyguards at at the at the, at the bathrooms. Both the women and the men just standing there, like 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 almost like with their arms crossed, just watching everybody go in and out of the bathroom. Um, I actually met Sammy the Bull twice. He wasn't a big guy. A little wide, but he wasn't real big. And he really thought his instinct, let me tell you. You know, he walked around like, you know, don't touch me, man. And he really wasn't a big guy at all, you know. Um, I met Gotti once. Uh, I couldn't get near a guy. I didn't, I know I was afraid to get near, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> 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 you know, but her, her uncle eventually uh split up with his brother-in-law because he was getting in too deep he actually went away for somebody for five years and came out and owned 20 like 10 businesses because he took the rap for somebody and all the there used to be a show on i don't know what station was on in order to cable state called mob wives and all their husbands were in prison i met all those guys when they were younger or teenagers they thought they were hot shit then and because their their fathers were in the mob, big shots, they I guess they they became little gangsters or whatever, you know. Uh, so I knew I met them all when they were younger, you know. Um, they were wise asses and they thought they were hot shit, and you know their old man was a big shot in the in the in the mob, you know. They were come up and comers and Gotti's friends and all that. And the funny part of this is that um, after I divorced my wife. I got into the car business, and I became an outside salesman for a Ford dealership. Now, a lot of the buses companies in, in New York and in the Bronx. Um, I hope I don't get shot in the head for this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're a lot of them by the, by the mob or, or small mobsters. Uh, Peter guy owns one of them. The Genovese family owns one of them. Uh, there's a whole mess of little guys that may, that you know have these businesses. And they're all in bed with New York state. And the funny story is, um, I went to get a bus company, uh, for repairs up in the Bronx and, um, my mom had passed away that day, a couple of days before so school for meeting and I couldn't go. So the owner of the dealership and a general manager went and, uh, Steve Genovese was the owner of it, which I didn't know. I just knew his name was Steve. I didn't know who it was until I was getting up there. And um, he told the owner and the general manager, good thing you didn't send your sales rep because I don't deal with underlings. I only deal with owners and big shots. Like, really, who the hell do you think you are, pal? You know? <laughs> so uh, those are some of my stories about the mob. And uh, I can't give out my address now. I may not give out my, my email address or my website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny. Well, I, I'll tell you, when my friend told me about the story about Gotti, you know, having the yeah. kid killed who ran his son over right. with the car, a couple of months after that, he goes, you know, Steph, he goes, uh, me and my wife are, are moving to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right. So, to that's probably what happened because, you know, loose lips sink ships and I think right. that's probably what happened because he might have told too many people about Gotti doing the dirty and right. uh, so he, he left town in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of fellows, yes. I grew up in a tough neighborhood in Brooklyn, you know, Williamsburg right. area. And matter of fact, the kids in my block, they didn't go tricking. Kid, it was so tough, they didn't go trick-or-treating. They went trick trick-or-beating. So if you wore a costume, you got your ass beat in my neighborhood. It was like one of those neighborhoods. But growing up at an early age, uh, Alan, he goes, I knew there was like three types of gangsters. The first wow. were the, the religious gangsters. And I right. knew that they wanted 10% of your take-home pay, your tidings. Then right. there was the government. So they wanted your social security number. And they wanted 30% of your take-home pay. But organized crime, their credo was simple. It was either your money or your life, you know? <laughs> so. Well,
1: they, 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 you know, they got smart, though. After a while, they don't want your life. They just want to hurt you. if if they killed you, you couldn't pay them back no matter what. Well, you know, speaking of payback,
0: yeah, speaking of payback, hey, Willie Sutton, they said, Willie, why do you rob banks? He says, well, that's where the money is. Well, years ago, and you know this to be true, if anyone went into a bank with a mask on, you know, they knew they were robbing the bank, you know. Right. But today, with this COVID, everybody's required to walk into the bank you can't separate the bank robbers from the real robbers. That's exactly right. Matter of fact, uh, to me, New York State has become right. the state of confusion. And it's the main reason, I think, Alan, everybody's afraid to go to sleep. I mean, would you? And, and the, main, the main guy who's robbing the state is, is the governor, Mr. Cuomo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Th- that's exactly right. But, you know, what's funny, his one of his top right-hand guys got indicted for embezzlement, money, whatever. But right. Mario Cuomo... Was unscathed. It was like the Teflon governor. Like he knew nothing about it. Wait a minute. Right. Your, your right hand man is stealing millions of dollars, and you don't know.
1: <laughs> well, when you know when you, when you put a mask on, you can't see it. You can't see
0: it. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's just it's just interesting, you know. But they, you know, what goes around comes around. And I just look at it like you know what. It's, at some point, the truth will surface. You know. Dirt always rises to the top. You know, the scum always comes to the top. And that's what we're, we're really talking about. We're talking about people that just, you know, think that they're all that in the bag of chips. And they're not. They're all lowlifes who we're talking about. But in a nice way. We're being very comedic about it. But all these people, you know, will get in the end what they deserve. So tonight, you know, we're sharing these stories. But, you know, these guys aren't to be glorified whatsoever. You know, it's a lesson to learn. If you've got children, you teach your children, this is how you should be, not what you shouldn't be. And these people are not very nice people. But right. I worked for a company, Alan. I'll share this last story. And uh, it was a trucking company. I can't give the name either because I'll have to go into a witness protection, right. protection program if I do. But I was the, uh, I'll, I'll give out what I did. I worked in Jersey and I was the... Uh, the manager, HR manager for a trucking company, and my job was to hire over-the-road drivers. So I'm looking right. at the Rolodex and all the people that work for us, and one name in particular like just got me. It was like Carl Jr. Right. I'm saying like, does Carl Jr. have a last name? So I asked around, and you don't want to know. Well, you know, you just got here, right? Yeah, I just started working here. Well, just let leave that one alone. So one day over the intercom, there was a a phone call for Carl Jr. Well, Carl Gambino please go to the phone? <laughs> well now you found out who Carl Jr. was. So now I peek at my... Yeah, I peek. It wasn't a hamburger place either. Right, so now that's exactly right. So now I was I, I, curious. So I got out of my office and I walk into the hallway just to see who was coming up the stairs. So he came up the stairs and he took the phone call in the conference room. And as he walked to the conference room door he looked back at me, and like, you know, he said to the, to, to the owner of the company, he goes, who's that? <laughs> what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. So well, I went back know, in my you, office. You know, you know what I call the legal mafia? Actually, the
1: legal mafia is, is the IRS. You know that, right? Yeah. You own the IRS any money. If you, if you only owe the IRS money, your interest is compounded daily. Not monthly, not weekly, daily.
0: So, they put you on a plan where you pay, let's say, $150 uh, a month and you owe five grand. Right. It'll take you about 12 years to pay that back. Because (laughs) it's it's being calculated and pounded daily.
1: Not weekly, not monthly, daily.
0: So, now if you don't pay it, you get pounded daily, right?
1: Uh, No, no. If you set up a payment plan, they'll leave you alone. But it's going to take you forever to pay it off. And the interest is going to be through the roof. You better off
0: borrowing the money from the mob, probably. Well, you know, you know, it's funny, but years ago, loan sharking, uh, the mob would charge like twenty percent on a loan, right? And right. and they thought that was a crime. But now with a credit card, you know, people who who uh, don't have good credit, twenty five right. and thirty percent on a card. Right. So who's who's robbing who? Right. It's just amazing. Right. You know, one last thing about the the company I worked for, with Carl Junior there. So. The fellow who hired me, who worked with me, he was also in the HR with me. So I said, let's go to lunch. And we went to lunch. And I said, why didn't you tell me who Carl Jr. was? He goes, well, I, I don't want to scare you off. He goes, because you're, you're a good employee. He goes, and I see the kind of work you do. And he goes, I didn't want to lose you. He said, but I'm going to tell you a quick story. So we're having lunch. He said, uh, Carl Gambino Sr., the father, was in his house. And it was surveillance. You know, They were watching him in Brooklyn. He lived, I guess, in the Sheepshead Bay Area, right off the water there. And the FBI was out in rowboats just watching, you know, Carl and, and uh, all of his guys there, his soldiers there, at his house there. So after about three, four days of this surveillance, Carl says to one of his soldiers, do me a favor, go out there with a the rowboat and see if these guys are hungry and bring them all this food out. So they row out to where the FBI is out there and they say, oh, excuse me, guys, uh, Food is compliments of, of Mr. Gambino. He knows you guys should be hungry because he knows you haven't eaten all day because you've been watching him all day, so you got to be hungry. So I found that kind of interesting. That you know, here it is. I got a story about you know Carl uh, Gambino Senior, but his son, you know, looked just like him when I saw him. You know, because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But these sure. apples were rotten. I got to tell you. <laughs>
1: right, right. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Right? Yeah, well, you know, everybody has a story to tell. So I. I don't tell too many people, you know, uh, that that company that I work for, I don't think I had that one on my resume. Right. (laughs) I kept that that one off. So, Alan, is there any other stories you want to share with me here tonight? No, that's enough.
1: And uh, don't don't use my real name,
0: please. (laughs) 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 All right, Mr. Humperdink. Thank you. All right, so this, I'll use my name. This is Steph. Signing out tonight. This was yep. Stephen's World, and this is comedy at his best. So if you like what you're hearing tonight and you want more of it, I'll do some more with my uh, my guest who will go unnamed uh, as we go forward. <laughs> the, unnamed, the unnamed comic. The unnamed comic. Yeah, matter of fact, yeah. I even have a, a bag here that we can cut some holes out, and we can put them up yeah, so that way... We- can- Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Any yeah. event, it's not what happens to us, it's how we react to us. So, Alan, that's I, correct. I want to thank you very much for coming on tonight. We'll do okay. this again, man. We'll do it again. All right, man. So no, cool. Cool, cool, man. Take, Take care. You Bye. All right. Bye.